This podcast is part of the Faking Fandom Media Network. Head to fakingstarwars.net slash podcasts for more hilarious shows about geek culture topics. Welcome back, Vision Questers. Uh, this is our episode two recap of the book of Boba Fett. And what a hell of an episode uh, this was. I am going to need myself and T-Bron Tour to be firing on all cylinders to break this one down for you and uh, find some humor in it. Because honestly, t this was like, I think, the best Star Wars content uh, Disney ha- or anyone has made since Empire Strikes Back. This episode blew my blew my socks off. My socks are still I, on the ceiling. I think uh, I, I think that you are, have been taking too much spice because I completely disagree. I still have a lizard up my nose that's causing me to hallucinate uh, how great this episode was. I think yeah, I think Disney has actually uh, got everybody to uh, shove lizards up their nose in the middle of the night. They kind of like the Geico. They're they're working <laughs> with Geico, you know, in cahoots with Geico to to get all the little. Uh, gecko lizards to climb in your noses at night and convince you that this was a great episode it just wasn't call me convinced i loved it from the very beginning to the very end Uh, i thought there were so many great little moments and details and touches and just felt so real uh in the sense of like being compelling uh i just i i thought they hit it out of the park with this one so um well let's hear your synopsis of episode two the tribes of tatooine teeb well, basically, you ruined the entire episode for me because after last week, you told me that his, that Tamura Morrison's acting was so cringeworthy that it was cartoonish. So every time he had the helmet off, I I couldn't like unsee that now. So now every time I see him, he looks like he's either constipated or has explosive diarrhea, or he's trying to um, you know divide 635 by 312. I don't know, something's going on. Uh, with his acting that is just uh, leaves a lot to be desired. So I couldn't take myself out of that. The whole thing, here's the synopsis. Uh, Boba Fett is a weak crime lord. Uh, he's neither a criminal anymore or a, a, a lord of any kind. Um, he is intimidated by some mayor who sends the weakest assassins ever. He lets all these people live. Uh, like what, what they took Disney took away Boba Fett's balls. <laughs> what what'd they do balls. with his balls? He had ball he has balls in the Tuscan Raiders scenes, thank God. But what happens? Did he, he he loses his balls hanging out with Tuscan Raiders? Does that make any sense at all? No. That's my synopsis. Well, that's quite an abstract uh characterization of the plot of this episode you forgot to mention a little bit about the flashback t let's hear your your take on that part of it well the flashback is again this is kind of what i said the last time i think that initially i was kind of initially i was kind of not excited about any of the tuscan raider stuff and now that's all i really want i could care less about all the tatooine crap the politics i don't even know and they (laughs) mentioned the litter thing again so stupid yeah, I like the flashbacks, although I was confused because I thought that little Ronnie Raider got killed because I was like, wait, is that little Ronnie Raider that he's holding, throwing into the, you know, the, 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 the cordwood fire of, of dead Tuscans? I was like, yeah. And then it wasn't until the end of the episode where I saw, I was like, oh, there he is. I guess I guess that's him. I mean, they all look alike to me. It's pretty terrible. But, I mean, other than some of the, their adornments, it's, you know, they're, they're kind of indistinguishable when they're being carried to uh, their, you know, 
their their funeral pyre. So yeah, you know, the way of Darth Vader. All right. Well, it sounds like uh, you didn't really go for the most of this episode, but I I thought it was great. Like you know, you had a lot of parallels between like the present day, the politics, Boba Fett trying to ascend to power uh, and fit in, as it were. And then here he is also fitting in with the Tusken Raiders, doing things to establish respect and and uh, you know his whole kind of process of growing and and um his whole process of of basically a character arc right i mean he starts off out of a fish out of water and at the end of it he's got his own gaffy stick and he's basically like second in command yeah i guess i mean i I don't really know his motivations for sticking around other than i guess like he's afraid that if he gets away he'll just starve in the desert like he needs these people to survive i guess i mean well what else can he do right he's he's got no armor he clearly his goal at some point is to get his armor back right as a as a mandalorian but he doesn't have any weapons he doesn't have any real um support network for money or for getting any resources this is all he's got are these tuscans he can't just call like an uber <laughs> and like have him come and get him and you know pick him up and take him back to civilization moss eisley i don't think so because he doesn't even have a communicator doesn't have a communicator no the the jawas took everything they took him down. They 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 stripped him down to his skivvies, to his long underwear, and left him in the desert. That was nice of them to make sure that he stayed modest. I mean, you know, right. that was that was very nice of the the considerate Jawas. I always I always like uh, considerate Jawas. Oh, I know, I know. You don't want to get the inconsiderate ones. All right. Well, um, what was you know this is uh this is no disintegrations here. What what part of the episode for you was the best part? that you absolutely would not take out that you just loved more than anything. I liked seeing that Disney decided to give Johnny Five another acting role because it's been a long time since he's been in anything. Since Los Lobos was, uh, you know, his, his run-ins with Los Lobos, uh, I guess he became like their their uh, their leader. And so, you know, he, forward. he had a, a dark time. Spice train, forward! <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much like the most <laughs> I don't know it's just yeah that was my favorite part oh look it's Johnny Five and he's a <laughs> he's a train engineer that's awesome what else is happening oh there's something on my phone that's great that was pretty much my entire experience with this episode wow alright oh and they had a, a black Wookiee or something who Chewblacka like... Chewblacka Chewblacka yeah you know he's actually uh, a character in the comic books. Um, he's well developed and has history with Boba Fett and Darth Vader. So I don't read comic books. I get laid. Right, right. Well, there's a lot of speculation about him. I mean, clearly this is a setup, right? You're not going to just design that character and have him show up for ten seconds to look badass. There is going to be something between him and Boba. But uh, in there is some speculation that this character will also show up in the Obi-Wan series because uh, he may have been employed by Darth Vader to search for Obi-Wan. And there, there is, I don't know if you noticed, he has a little burn mark above his eyebrow that a lot of people say is from Obi-Wan's lightsaber. So hmm. Disney could be doing what they did with Mandalorian, throwing just a little character in at the very beginning, not doing anything with it, and allowing it to slowly ferment over two years and then bring it in later. Uh, that's definitely their modus operandi. So this is a bounty hunter Wookiee? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, he seems like some kind of warrior Wookiee of some sort, yeah. I say if he's a bounty hunter, it's pretty much terrible because Obi Wan, for one, Darth Vader should have known. Oh, let me go. Let me go. Just check on Tatooine. You know where I'm from. Let's see if maybe. Obi-Wan is hanging out there. 
uh, you know, he and so he sends bounty hunters out. That's this guy. He's a bounty hunter, and he's going I'm after Obi Wan. That's your speculation. Teeb. I'm saying he could be some kind of person like that. I thought he was a badass, but give Disney twenty years, and they'll take his nuts too. Ouch. <laughs> that's the noise he's gonna make too when they run those manscaped razors over his nuts. That's the noise of a castrated Wookie. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, my favorite part, actually, this is like for me what I thought was like such a cool detail, um, because I knew I thought at some point we're gonna see huts, like or a hut in this series. Um, you got a thing for huts, do you? I I like them. Uh, you know yeah, that's you like why they, I employ vegan the hut. Squishy, like but squishies. I wasn't expecting. Um, stop interrupting, or I'm gonna slap you on your hand. I'm gonna cry. You're gonna make me cry. You're gonna make me cry. I'm crying. You're making me cry. <laughs> I can't take it. I'm so sad. Okay, your turn. Uh, I was not expecting, you know, like two huts in the episode two right out of the gate. Like that was pretty intense. Um, and one of the things that I was wondering was how are they going to do different huts? Like I, th it's not like a Miss Pac-Man thing where you just put a bow in her hair to do like a female hut. Um, it doesn't work quite like that, but I thought it was cool with these two. I don't know their names, um, but especially with the male hut, I love how they gave him that really cool chin tattoo thing. Um, I mean, I'm assuming that's a chin tattoo and not like a birthmark. Um, but I just love that attention to detail. I thought that was such a cool way to differentiate them uh, so that they could use the stock footage of Jabba the Hutt from the uh, episode one New Hope special edition. They didn't have to like redo everything and they just slapped that tattoo on them. Saved a lot of time and money and uh, got another character out of it. But I, I really like that design. Do but you think it's possible that one of them was stinky? Very stinky, probably, yes. Oh, see, you don't know what I'm talking about. In Clone Wars, there's uh, oh. a, a hut that uh, Ahsoka saves, and she nicknames him Stinky. Right. His name was um, Mochi or something. Mochi? Mochi? Sure. Mochi? 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 Something I just like call that. him Stinky because I think it works. It, it fits. I don't know if it is or not, but the twins, I mean, you know, they're they're obviously Siamese twins of some sort. I mean, that that's the other thing about this episode that's so cool is, like, so much happened that, I mean— in a normal Star Wars show, if you have a parade of Siamese twin huts coming down the street, that would be like the highlight of the episode. But that was like the most forgettable part. <laughs> There's just so much else that happened. It was definitely forgettable. I would like to forget it. That's for sure. Mm. Other than the Wookiee. I mean, that was... I, I think it's interesting how uh, Star Wars always likes to give like the big thug menacing guy the biggest gun as well. Like, you know, he's he's a, like a brawler, and he can shoot your ass with, like, the biggest blaster in the galaxy, too. Oh, so, Chewbacca? Yeah, it's kind of, like, overkill. Right. You know, like, I'm a really... Like, if I if I rode him, he'd have, like, a Babu Frick-type um, partner that you'd never, like, see, right? So you'd be afraid of this menacing guy, and the real threat would be, like, some little, I don't know, like like a little Lilliputian kind of, uh, you know, race. Like a of, tiny uh, little mouse. Little, little assassins. Yeah, like a mouse. Yeah. Sitting on his shoulder. Yeah, maybe Mickey Mouse. Fur. Maybe Mickey Mouse would oh, be yeah. would like, you know, before he got all humanized and anthropomorphized and whatnot. Sort of like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where the most powerful creatures in the universe are these mice creatures. Like, 
that that can create planets out of their own whim. Out of wind. Out of their own whim. Their whimsy. A whim. I thought you said wind. I was thinking of the night wind. They're very um super stupid assassins or whatever they're supposed to be. So so that that's interesting. Like uh did you think that they actually were sent by the mayor? That was a point of confusion. I I got that they were sent by the huts. Yeah. I think the mayor was trying to you know, throw him off. And, and say, well, why would I send these people? That's not my style or something like that. And it's like, well, I don't know you, Mr. Talks out of the side of your mouth like this. You know, uh, he uh, he's obviously hiding something, and he doesn't want to be direct in his dealings with Boba Fett at all. So this, I, I think this is another one of these things that I don't care. If I'm Boba Fett, I'm throwing that guy by his neck on the deck, and I'm taking care of him. It sounds like you want Boba Fett to be Rambo, T, but are you trying to compensate for something? No, but he's Boba Fett. <laughs> they took away his balls. They took away everything that made him Boba Fett. You said so yourself when he took the mask, when he took the helmet off. It was like, it's like a completely, di- it, 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 there's a disconnect between the Boba Fett that we know and the face guy the face mr facetime hey let me facetime you real quick well, let's, hey mr let's, mayor uh, let's are you sending assassins bit. after me let's zoom out a bit What's because that? let's zoom out a bit because it seems like the point of the show largely is to kind of tell us how boba fett has changed right like he is different now um the sarlacc his his background he he there's a lot of symbolism here that you may not have noticed um it seems like what boba fett is trying to do is not follow in his father's footsteps right he doesn't want to follow just the line of being a bounty hunter like there's that very powerful imagery of him looking into the helmet and seeing himself which is evocative of empire strikes back and then he kind of makes the choice to go a separate path right um so i i actually like that i think that that's not necessarily boba fett losing his jangly bits but it's kind of growing a new pair as it were um and so when he tells mok shais he's talking to him he's trying to actually work together which is smart like i don't think he's being wimpy i think he's just being smart like there's a difference between um, being aggressive and being stupid and I don't think that uh, just because he's playing that card uh, necessarily means that he's lost his machismo it's been a hard day out there under those twin suns hasn't it don't you deserve to feel refreshed and relax those tight muscles why settle for boring baths breathing through your CPAP introducing boba bubble Back to bombs. Back to bombs. Feeling these bubbles touch your bobas is good. The one thing you've really missed is this gem. Back to bombs. Your dad may be dead, but drop one of our patented boba bubble back to bombs into your bath and let the bubbles caress and hug your body as tight as a sarlacc and let your worries disappear. Bombs! Try one of our many scents today. Cool down with our cucumber jogan fruit boba bomb. Spice things up with the essence of kyber boba bomb. Settle in with our exclusive warm frog lady egg boba bomb. Or for that final release, Reminisce with our extra bubbling seismic charge boba bomb guaranteed to make you 
Now available in Target, Walmart, and Walgreens. Caution. Boba Boba Bactobombs may cause skin cancer. So far, all I've seen with Boba Fett is that he's got two Gamorrean guards and Fennec Shand. Who else does he have with him? I don't know yet. I'm he's assuming we'll... big, s- empty, cavernous palace with nothing in it and nobody in it. Right. Not even a Rancor. Couldn't even, couldn't even, you know, spring for a Rancor. Well, he may get one. That may be the next episode. Who knows? Wow. Yeah, maybe I'm the so next episode will be about him, get a him going to the pet store and picking out a nice fluffy Rancor monster and taking it home to Fennec. It'll be like his uh, engagement present to her. Riveting. Yeah. Um, so what what was the thing you could have done without in this episode? What what scene or what detail just made your skin crawl? Um, you know, uh, the forget about it part, Teeb. I, I guess the the biggest thing for me is the I was confused about if the if the kid was the was killed or not. I, I was having a really hard time with that, and I felt like they were trying to misdirect us with that. But I I might have just not really been paying enough attention. I don't know. And they keep bringing up litter. It is hard when they all wear the same clothes. Yeah, and then they kept bringing up litter. That's the other thing. I still think that's ridiculous. You know, ridiculous. Right. Right. Huh. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I think for me, it was more um, a technical thing. Uh, I think you're starting to see some of the limitations of doing a big uh, special effects show at times. There were some shots there on Tatooine, uh, you know, when they're fighting the, um, not the Trandoshan, but the, um, who are they? The, uh, the Spice? The Pikes, the Pike Cartel, you know, I, I'm assuming that they're Pikes. When they're fighting yeah, them and, and, you know, when the, uh, when the Buffalo <laughs> train comes through <laughs> to shoot the Banthas, which was awesome. Uh, who knew that Banthas were a metaphor for Native American buffalo slaughter? Uh, but in any case, the thing, the thing I wasn't too keen on was it seemed like some of the shots, the the compositor uh, may have had a too too few um, too many glasses of spotchka as they were uh, working in the compositing because you could see like the lighting on the the main characters in the foreground it just didn't match with like that very yellow bright uh, tattooing background and it looked very artificial um, like the blue screen was uh, you know the force was strong with the blue screen in some shots in this episode just a little bit beyond what normally I'm willing to forgive it kind of took me out of a few of those important scenes a little bit so the thing that took me out was the the twins they looked really cartoonish to me almost like Green Lantern ah uh, yeah so they're yeah they're, uh, their skin wasn't rendered really well like the texture looked a little bit flat didn't it Looked like they rushed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Like, this is a TV show, so the effects are not going to be as good as a movie. But it seemed like it was like they they didn't evolve Hut CGI at all since like 1997 when they chunked him yeah. into A New Hope. So, yeah, that's what that scene felt like to me as well. Yeah, rushed. Yeah. So overall, I mean, I think very positive though. Like, uh, aside from a few little technical details. Um, I thought this was a great episode. We haven't talked about that train sequence. I mean, that was like 20 minutes. And for a television show to pull off a sequence like that, I thought it was really impressive. Like, it had a nice plot to it. Uh, there was a lot going on without any dialogue. You got Johnny Five, the conductor, in there. You saw who the Pikes were. Um, there was drama with who's going to win. Like, how are they going to survive? Um, there's a, there was a lot going on in that scene. I, I really enjoyed it. What about the bar brawl? What did you think of that? Oh, yeah, Hell's Angels. <laughs> <laughs> the Trendocean uh, Hell's Angels motorcycle gang. Um, so yeah, that was a uh, that was awesome because I don't know if you know this, but that is actually Tashi Station. 
Oh, really? Yeah. That's where he's supposed to go to pick up the power converters. That's right. Um, there was a cut scene uh, from A New Hope that actually never made it into the movie, and they recreated that set exactly like to down to the lights um and the bar and everything so and interestingly mm. enough the two characters who the trandoshan biker gang pick on were actually in that scene now not the same actor and actress but they were actually in that scene originally she was the one who called luke um uh wormy and so it looks like she finally got what she deserved by being picked on by uh, somebody else so what goes around comes around teeb uh, apparently. Hey, you watch it. Don't worry about it, boy. Yeah. Uh, but just a very, very oblique reference uh, for John Favreau to throw that in there. I mean, there's going to be like 12 people who got that. Um, but they went ahead and built that $10 million set just for those 12 people. That's very generous of Disney, don't you think? I think they should have used some of that money to make the huts look better. <laughs> the CGI better. <laughs> What did you think of that uh, motorcycle gang? Did you know there were motorcycle gangs in Star Wars? Sure. Why wouldn't there be? Like, I was just like, uh, you know, just like pretend like you're doing Road Warrior. This basically it was Road Warrior, right? Right. So, so uh, maybe for Christmas uh, next year, I'll buy you a uh, Trandoshan Tatooine biker gang leather jacket. No, thank you. No, you don't like leather. No, I don't. I don't like Trandoshians. <laughs> All right, Teeb. Well, um, you seem a bit glum today, so I'm going to try to cheer you up with a little game. This is our sound scavenger hunt, and your job is to connect this audio clip somehow to the episode uh, that we're watching uh, today, which is the Tribes of Tatooine. Uh, they have music in Altoona? Well, my father, he loves music. This one time, he took us all to the symphony, my whole family. It was supposed to be this really big deal. At first, I didn't like it very much. I mean, there's nothing really to do with your feet, and there's nothing really to look at. It's boring. And I was ready to nod out or something. And he said to me, if you close your eyes, you can see the music. You can, too. No idea. <laughs> Like, oh, really? I'm so surprised. I don't even know what that's from. I, I thought I had a memory of you saying this is like one of your favorite movies. <laughs> really? I, I guess not. I guess I... Give, I me, guess, uh... give me a hint All right, <laughs> besides so... that horrible clue. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Audio clue. Right. So this is a movie from 1983 directed okay. by Adrian Lin or Line, L-Y-N-E, who also directed Fatal Attraction, Nine and a Half Weeks, Indecent Proposal, Jacob's Ladder. All right. We're really striking out on this one. This is a total contrast to last week, which you hit out of the park. So, um, all right. Let me think. Another hint. Uh, this this character uh, is the female character in the scene talking. Um, that's how the connection rolls into uh, Book of Boba Fett. Oh, okay. Wait. So, it's Pennsylvania. So, is it Flashdance? It is Flashdance. I have never seen that movie, so I don't know <laughs> where you got the idea that it's my favorite movie of all time. No, I've never seen Flashdance. Oh, really? I never. Thought, I thought you loved it. I loved watching her dance on a chair on MTV. I never had to watch the movie. Okay, so you are familiar. You knew enough that it took place in Pennsylvania. I did know that because it's in the song. 
She's a da, 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 da. Ah. steel someone with a steel worker right. or something. She's a I don't steel know. worker yeah. uh, who dances uh, nudie nudie I guess dances at night maybe or I don't know if it's sure. naked or however. But. So it's because it's Beale that's the connection. Uh, correct. Yeah, I wouldn't mind watching her dance like a twi- as a twilight. That might be nice. Yeah. So Jennifer Beale is actually the coordinator of the little bar there um, in in Boba Fett. We've seen her twice now in episode one and two. Um, and yeah, what do you think of her character and that little, uh, you know, it's like, it's like the, uh, cantina for VIPs, I think. Yeah. I don't know what, what her deal is. Like, you're not going to put, you know, Beal in your show and then have her be a, a real bit part. I almost get the feeling that this maybe is supposed to be more like gun smoke now that I think about it. And, huh. uh, and, oh God, I'm drawing a blank on all the character names, but he had like, uh, his his every episode he would like go to this uh, the woman who ran the brothel or whatever and you know she was like a respectable woman or whatever and and she would always give him like advice and oh, stuff like that. is right. that what they're trying to set up she's is sort that of like his messenger like lady I guess as as a for yeah not like his gal Friday or anything like that but what are they trying to do with this character it's like we've seen her twice now. She's basically been like, oh, hey, I don't know what's going on. Hey, what's going on? Oh, here, here, a helmet full of, uh, you know, trinkets, whatever. Uh, you know, it's like I, I don't get it. There, so I wonder if now I'm, I'm wondering if maybe she is the one who sent the assassin droid, uh, squad. Interesting theory. Interesting theory. Uh, she does seem a little bit mysterious and mischievous, possibly. So I, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. She's so far, she isn't that interesting to me. I, you know, she can be a lo- she's either going to have to be a love interest or the bad guy, like the hidden bad guy, the Phantom Menace, as it, as it were. Hmm. Hmm. Although they don't really they they don't need any more bad guys. They have the mayor, and now they have the twins who have obviously, you know, antagonized um, some kind of provocation that, that's going to be happening. Right? It's like yeah. uh, the the two warring gangs are about to fight. It's inevitable at this point. Um, and then you have the mayor who. You know, I mean, he's no de Blasio, but he seems like a pretty terrible mayor to me. Does his mouth open, or is it just like opening? Yeah, that's what I said. He talks out of the side of his mouth. the sides of his mouth, right? He can't actually open the front of his mouth? Yeah, when you talk out of the side of your mouth, that's a a metaphor, right? That's that's an expression. Yes. So how does he eat? Does he just, he shoves food in, like, the side and, like, keeps his hand over it sort of it's like it's osmosis actually their species eats through osmosis so they just like huh? like if they want a cheeseburger they just have to push it into their skin really hard and Ooh. it just <laughs> goes into their skin it's not like that i don't know i'm not a i don't know talk to wikipedia it's Wik- not wikipedia. like the ayahuasca lizard or the peyote lizard that can like zoom oh up into God. your head and like that was awesome like that cute little basket that um the tuscan uh king or chieftain has and i was like what's gonna be in there what's gonna be in there yeah i i I was like is it gonna be like a token that he has to like put inside his gaffy stick or something no it's like a cute lizard and i was not expecting that thing to do like a babble fish and like zoom up his nose (laughs) the first thing i thought was gonna happen when that happened was like it was gonna start translating tuscan for him (laughs) oh god no i thought it was gonna be the the droid right there's always like a cute droid element in all these and especially with disney they'd have to have like you know like bb8 like uh, so i thought it was gonna like ride around on boba's shoulder like be his little pet 
And yeah, when it was shot right in his nose, I was like, well, that was unexpected for sure. But I would also like to say Simpsons did it. Simpsons did the, the exact same thing. That's true. Where they had Homer take a, a vision quest with some lizard that he was licking or something like that. I don't know. And he had a weird, uh, I think Johnny Cash was like a fox or something talking to him in the in the desert about his mom or something. So I don't know. I was going to, instead of the Jennifer Beale clip, uh, I was going to find a clip from Wayne's World 2 when, okay. uh, when Wayne... Uh, Mike Myers' character uh, goes on a vision quest with Jim Morrison into the desert to like figure out how to start a concert. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> that so, would have been good too. <laughs> yeah, that was. A, I, I would. I would have caught that one though. I know. I thought that would be too easy because I figured you. Forever. At least I've seen that movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're like, oh, Tube's favorite movie is Flashdance. <laughs> when did you have that vision? That was that in a vision I quest of yours? Had, I must have had a lizard in my pharynx. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about this a little bit. This is a Disney show for yeah. kids, right? And they're encouraging kids. To, hey, kids, do drugs. You can find a stick. Like, what, what was the point of that? I don't get it. Bonkers. Yeah, really bonkers. I mean, they they're like they're thinking you got John Favreau and Dave Filoni sitting around, uh, you know, sipping uh, probably some single malt scotch, getting drunk, just like playing in their sandbox. And they're like, how can we get Boba Fett onto a vision quest like Dave Filoni? It's like, I know. Let's stick a lizard up his nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave Filoni is like, can we make it a wolf? <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh, Wait for it. He'll have a wolf soon. <laughs> well, they did in The Mandalorian already, so that would be kind of over yeah. But yeah. I, I thought that was brilliant. Like, the whole narrative of him going out, getting those bikes, bringing them back, the stupid sand people start trying to take them apart. Like, that's so perfect. Like, that's exactly what they would do, right? Like, oh. I could have done it without two Banthas getting shot. I thought, like, okay, shoot the first Bantha. We get the whole <laughs> buffalo thing, like, you know, racing through the no, the plains. No. on the No, no, we're going to shoot the other one, too. <laughs> like, talk about animal cruelty. Like, where was well, PETA during the like, filming of this episode? Like, they definitely can't say that no Banthas were hurt during the filming of the Book of Boba Fett. Well, we slaughtered millions of buffalo to to do our railroads, right? It was really exactly. for railroads. Yeah. Well, they were in the way of our It was our, for our railroads, railroad. right? I mean, was it? Well, yeah. It was for westward expansion, but they used they needed their their train tracks were being, you know, hindered by all these buffalo, so they were running the the thing through the, you know, their their pastures or whatever. So, yeah. They also killed a lot of people fear. that were in their way, too. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, by killing the buffalo or the banthas, you starve out the Tuscan raiders, which makes it easier to transport your spice, Steve. I think that was the metaphor, and I think you missed it. No, I think that, <laughs> honestly, they were just going through and opening up fire on anything that they saw. That like it, You know how the pikes are. You get in the way, you're done. Well, they, they, they don't... did say, like, the we thought these people were, like, civ uncivilized Unc scavengers. Right, savages. Savages, right. yeah. And so that's why they were taking out their their cute little banthas i did like what he said when he's like well our we're proving our civility by letting you live like that's your proof that we're not savages or something like that i did like that line was brilliant but why was boba put in charge of that well he could speak crew? english the tuscans can't communicate very well right basic yeah the tuscans are, are very limited in their technology and their linguistic abilities that's why they need a leader like boba dances with wolves well, teeb yeah, it's definitely Dances with Wolves, which was a uh, four-hour-long movie that I can't get back now in my life. 
Right. So maybe that's why I didn't like this episode because it reminded me so much of Dances with Wolves, and I didn't like Fern Gully, and I didn't like Avatar, and I didn't like any of those, and they're all Dances <laughs> with Wolves. So you'd rather if like a Tuscan Raider invaded like a civilization and became like the civilized leader, like just reverse it completely? Yeah, like the Vikings, like with the the Normans. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, what's the bounty on this episode? You know, we we need a little more consistency, Teeb. So let's say on a scale of one to a hundred in Republican credits, uh, what would you give this episode? 564. <laughs> okay. Thank you for being so acquiescent to my to my guidance on that. So not good, not bad, basically? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I didn't... I don't know. I really do think it is the Dances with Wolves, like, like curse for me it always takes me out of something when i when i'm looking at something and it's just dances with wolves right like even when i first saw dances with wolves for the first time i was like "Uh, this reminds me of dances with wolves (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it was so long i felt like i had watched it twice as i was watching it the first time so yeah that's an accurate that's an accurate statement Right, right dances with wolves Again, I'm giving this episode my all in. I I can't imagine a better episode. Uh, not in my wildest dreams did I think we were gonna have basically 40 minutes of Boba Fett becoming a Tuscan Raider. Like, how great is that? Like, designing his gaffy stick, they, like these little touches and just taking their time with it. Like, not being afraid. Uh, I mean, there wasn't a lot of flash. There wasn't a lot of like, here's baby Yoda, you know, like they're they're They haven't done that. And I, I love that. I think that that's really compelling. And I'm surprised that you didn't uh, think the same because I'm right. Well, you're just a sucker. <laughs> you're a fanboy sucker. Right. You're Disney. Disney has you right where they want you. If, if Disney was <laughs> the uh, Thala Siren. You would be just like all over that teeth. You I know would what just I'm have saying? green milk like dribbling down my neck it, beard and my just mask. Squeezing it. Yeah, that's you. And you know, let me tell you why. Think about the gaffy stick. What's going to happen now? Of course, they're going to start selling like make your own gaffy Bingo. sticks at Disney. Bingo. Obviously. Bingo. I've, I've already started my own Etsy store on online selling my <laughs> own hand whittled gaffy sticks from my backyard team. There's an old crab apple tree that I've cut down and I've got like five. Enough to make five gaffy sticks. So act now, like if you're out there in the Twitterverse uh, or listening to this podcast and you'd like a handmade Stormtrooper gaffy stick because they're going to sell fast. I would like to tell you too, this is a little bit of a segue, but when Harry Potter was really, really, really big at first, some guy on eBay was selling wands. He was selling, you know, homemade <laughs> wands. And he tricked all these people. He was just literally went in his backyard and he sent just sticks. Sent him sticks. <laughs> That's fantastic. And they were like, it's not even a real magic wand. And the guy's like, well, magic isn't real, <laughs> you dumbass. See a magic If you'd like well, a did, Harry you know, Potter magic wand, send money to yeah. this address. And then a twig, <laughs> yeah. a twig you know, shows they up. They did the thing where they put in the description very detailed that it was not, you know, like results may vary, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so so they, they were completely legally covered, but the reviews for it were just 
Oh God, Chef's kiss, as they say. Actual, but yeah, actual wand may that. look different from picture. <laughs> yeah, I I can see already that this is just another. You know, they're gonna have gaffy sticks at Batu, and you know, right? Do your own drugs. Find your own stick, kids. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna sell psychedelic wizard uh, psychedelic lizards, uh, ayahuasca lizards, uh, online like on the dark net. Like on the Disney dark web, you can buy an ayahuasca lizard to have your own vision quest, just like Boba. Well, I've heard you can also get the same effect by licking uh, a Kowakian monkey lizard's back, but I wouldn't recommend it. No, that sounds icky. Or like the frog lady from Mandalorian. If you touch her, <laughs> you'll, you'll end up with some hallucinogenic effects for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows God, where so. that frog lady's been? Like, she's desperate to repopulate the universe. She's riding anything she can. <laughs> Well, because Grogu keeps eating her freaking eggs. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> little hungry little monkey. So what's your prediction then for the next episode? Um, episode three, The Book of Boba Fett, coming out next week. What do you think we're going to see? My prediction is that I'm going to love the episode incredibly, and you're going to just hate it. You're going to think <laughs> it's the worst episode. That's You're going to be like, I can't even believe. I, you will say these words. I can't even believe this is Star Wars. Okay. That's my prediction. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, beef myself up here, but you were completely wrong about your prediction. You predicted that uh, Mayor Goldie Wilson would appear in this episode, um, which he did not. Unfortunately, that would have been glorious. Uh, but I predicted that Boba Fett, you know, would get a real gaffy stick, like that he would, you know, develop his character and that there would be some altercation with the mayor. And I even predicted a coup, which is kind of what happened, right? I mean, the huts came in from Nahata and basically said, nope, we're taking over, folks. Um, and so, so far, I would say, uh, if you're out there and you don't want any spoilers, don't listen to my prediction. Um, because here's what I think is going to happen next. Uh, I think that the next episode is going to be a bit of a placeholder, um, plot-wise. We're not going to see a lot of development. Um, but I think what we're going to see is the incorporation of Boba Fett's background with the Sand People with his new definition as Daimyo on Tatooine. So whether that means he's going to reach out to the Sand People or he's going to somehow communicate with them, uh, bring them all together in some way. They may have a convention or a, a Tuscan Con, as it were, uh, in the palace of some sort. We're going to see some giant Tuscan festival that's going to put that um, Haka dance at the end of this episode to shame, right? So, Yeah, if you say so. By the way, my prediction was that they would see the mayor, and they did see the mayor. Obviously, he's not Goldie Wilson. But, yeah, they did meet the mayor. Meet the mayor! And then they met him, and it was pretty uh, uneventful. It was uneventful. Quite honest. I, I don't think we're going to see much of the mayor again. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, for me, I think you're going to be really upset about the next episode. You're going to say that it's that it's not Star Wars. I think this is something that I, I was thinking about. Are the huts? not as afraid of Boba Fett as they were of Bib Fortuna? I don't think... No, see, I think Bib Fortuna was a bit like a puppet, right? Like, he was just allowing things to progress exactly as it were, like, when Jabba uh, was dead, and he was sort of a placeholder hut, like, in a sense. And maybe they just hadn't gotten there yet, because who knows how many months or years have passed uh, since the um, events in Return of the Jedi when this is filmed. It's it's clearly before The Mandalorian, right? Like, this is previous to The Mandalorian because he had to develop... No, not, this... not now. This is after The Mandalorian. Oh, right. No, no. I meant, I meant the flashback scenes. The flashback scenes. The flashbacks are obviously, yeah. The, the flashbacks are right after Return of the Jedi. Right. And Mandalorian is, like, five years after. Yeah. So, so he, he like gets... like, about five he gets, years after Return. He has some time there 
you know, before he gets his armor back. So mm-hmm. a lot can happen in those flashbacks. That's why I think this is really about the flashbacks. This is the book of Boba Fett. It's him reminiscing, remembering all that. So we're going to see some more Tuscans. We're going to see some more of that. You think there'll be Tuscans within the city limits? I think so, because remember, like they made a big point that they don't have machines, that they don't have this, they don't have that, and and this is going to be Boba Fett kind of uh, offering them the chance to control their their uh, planet for the first time, to be going to introduce them to bidets, like sovereigns. give them, uh, you know, the usher them into the, you know, the not having to wipe your butt with your hand anymore or paper, you, or you know, sand get bidets, yeah, yeah. I can only hope. I can only hope that we'll see our first Star Wars bidet. And with that, T, let's uh, let's wa- let's uh, let's flush this episode down the toilet. Um, that's unfortunately all that we have time for. Um, please tune in next week as we go into deeper uh, analysis and satire on episode three. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Storm Duper. And don't follow me on Twitter. No, don't. You're a can- you wouldn't like me. You're a cantankerous person today, T. But I think you need to take some happy pills or something. Uh, well, I'll just find a lizard outside and shove it up my, my nose and see what happens. Hopefully something good. So people can follow you on Twitter at Tbrontor, R-O-N-T-R, right? Uh, you can also follow Faking Star Wars at Twitter and Instagram on at Facebook.com slash RealFakingStarWars. Give us questions on Twitter using the hashtag FSWRadio. We'd love to read it next week. Also, our t-shirt store is up and running, selling all kinds of hilarious t-shirts, Star Wars related. Um, that is at bit.ly slash FSWMerch. That's bit.ly slash FSWMerch. And if you like what you hear here on Fat Fellas, we'd love to have you as a Patreon supporter. You can support us for as little as a buck a month. Shout out to our Jedi Padawans and uh, Jedi Knights, Stephen Howard, Darth Taxus Carlson, and Keith Harmon. And if you haven't written us a review, please do so. Give us a five-star review because that really helps us show up when people search for Star Wars. And you can get on our Discord, with, which is run by Cam Ray Semith Productions at bit.ly slash Cam Ray Discord, where we talk about all things Star Wars. Once again, stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. And thanks to you and all of our followers for listening. May the foe be with you. See you next time, Teeb. Remember, you can make your own gaffy stick. You don't have to go on a vision quest. That's true. DYIGaffysticks.com Thanks for listening. Please write a review for this show on iTunes or Podchaser, and be sure to visit fakingstarwars.net slash podcasts for more shows on our network.